Yeah. I mean, there is that research about, I don't actually, I don't even know if it's research or if it's just a thing. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome back to Writing in Real Life, a podcast about writing, parenthood, publishing, and marriage. I'm Morgan Baden, and with me is Barry Liga, my co-host, and my husband, and my baby daddy, and usually the guy who cooks me dinner. Not tonight, though. Not tonight, because I'm fixing up leftovers, really. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. (laughs) But I want to talk about dinner. I'm hungry. Sure, (laughs) please, go ahead. So, so you enjoy cooking. Yeah, 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 usually. Yeah, you're not like a... You're a very solid, good cook. <laughs> you're like- <laughs> no, no, I was going to say, you're not a gourmet chef in that, like, you don't, you know, you're not doing these incredibly outlandish... I'm watching the tortured expression on your face <laughs> as you're trying to say that, to, that, to that, I can, that I can cook without killing us. <laughs> no, you're a really good cook. Like, you... you Whatever. <laughs> you know, no, but when we started dating, I was impressed because you would cook things that I wouldn't think to cook. Um, and honestly, being with you has made me cook more and I had a book called things that will impress the girl you're dating. I I would not be surprised if that were the case, but, but I came across an article on, on a blog called scary mommy. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Was the blog called scary mommy or was the article called scary mommy? The blog is called scary mommy. Mommy. Yeah. It's one of those, like every post goes viral on Facebook. So I see all, all, a whole bunch of mom friends Uh, liking it it. and whatever. Anyway, but so this article is called a mom's relationship with dinner. It's complicated. And basically, she talks about how she gets angry at dinner. I really like the opening of this article, and of course, we'll put it in show notes, and I encourage everyone to read it, because she talks about how um, when she takes, say, frozen chicken out of the freezer at 8 a.m. one morning with the, the thinking that she's going to cook chicken cordon bleu that night, the chicken stays on her mind all day because she's committing herself at 8 a.m. to something uh, she's going to do 12 hours later. Right. She might not have the energy for it 12 hours later. Something might have happened, whatever. But she really talks about how she gets angry at dinner and how there's this, like, baggage around dinner now when you're a parent. Because for her, she seems to have picky eaters. So she plans a dinner, and then they all sit down, and it's a mess. You know, there's tears, there's fighting, whatever. Um, But I did start thinking about how... Uh, becoming a parent changes your relationship to dinner. And what used to maybe be a really fun thing for you to do, sort of a creative outlet, is now sometimes it's a rush. Um, Sometimes we're just plain too tired because we've had a day. Uh, It's also a little bit complicated right now because our baby's bedroom is right next to the kitchen. That's the big thing. Yeah. And we, we have to be kind of quiet. Right. And I used to be like super concerned about the level of noise coming oh, out of our kitchen. I was yeah. like I, I mean listeners seriously like we won't even unload the dishwasher when we've put the baby to bed because it just feels too noisy yeah yeah anyway I thought we'd play a little game oh boy okay so we're gonna do a list of things that we find less enjoyment in now that we're parents oh boy versus things that we find more enjoyment in okay okay so for me, yes. I don't like being put on the spot like this. I by know. The way. That's why I like to do it. All right. So for me, I mean, I'll start. I, I find less enjoyment in dinner. Yeah. Partly because of the kitchen thing, um, and partly because it just feels like then your whole night is is wasted. And wasted is a terrible word, but like your whole night is spent putting your baby to bed and then cooking a meal, which takes a long time. And then by the time you sit down to enjoy it, it's like. 930 and I'm getting near bedtime here. Yeah. I, I will, I will say I enjoy dinner less with the proviso that I anticipate enjoying it more 
when we get to the point that she joins us for dinner. Yes. Because then I will be introducing her to new things. Right now, just to give some clarity for yeah. our listeners, she eats when you get home from work. Yeah. And she eats something that we're not eating for dinner. Right. Because then I cook dinner after she goes to bed. Right. So, or dinner is in, pr- in process, in yeah. progress, while she's being fed and being put down. And this is just the majority of the time. The there majority of the time. Sure. Examples. So, she's not. eating something that we had prepared earlier or leftovers from what we had had the night before, whatever. So, right now, we're not sitting down with her and having dinner, which I feel bad about. But uh-huh. that will change soon. Right. We'll get into reasons why in another show. But... We will be having dinner with her. And then I think I'll enjoy that more because I'll be preparing the food that she eats with us. Yeah, yeah. And that will be a whole different experience. Yeah. I think it'll be more fun, too. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, when we go out to dinner... It's a lot of fun. It's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... Because she's actually thing. very good in restaurants. Oh, she's great in restaurants. She's really yeah. good in restaurants. Yeah. And she's just funny to watch eat. Yeah. She's a funny eater. Anyway. So, uh, something else that I find less enjoyment in, and I feel a little bad saying this... Coming home from work. Oh. Because when I walk in the door, I, like, I want to come home because I'm excited to see you guys, of course. But she's a immediate, you know, I've been gone all day. So she's, there's this level of neediness there, which is very sweet and special. But it's kind of emotionally exhausting. And it's also just sort of like this, like, as soon as I walk in the door, bam, bam, bam. We have things that we have to get done before she goes to bed. Right. So it's like, we've got to feed her. We've got to give her a bath. I've got to, uh, you know, spend enough time with her that she doesn't wake up all night wanting me. So I feel, I feel bad about that. And that's also something that I know will change as she gets older. And I think it'll be a lot more fun, but there really is something to, you know, the second shift of like, I come home from work and there's even more work to be done at home. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, I I can't really speak to this because I don't come home from work, Uh but I think that this will hopefully change when her bedtime is later. Because yeah, then course, you won't yeah. feel this pressure when you walk through the door to cram as much yeah. mommy and me time as possible into the little bit of time you've got before she needs to go to bed. Yeah. You'll be able to come home and you won't feel bad if you say to her, hey, mommy needs 10 minutes or whatever it is, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, n- I don't even know that I would ever say right, that. I, I, I just mean like I'm not sure you would do that. Up- as she's less dependent on me. Right, you know? right. Anyway. Okay, so on the flip side. Yeah. Things that I find so much more enjoyment in. Number one, the park. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I don't think I would be... Like, I am the world's number number one fan of Prospect Park right now. <laughs> Probably not really. But, uh, but like, we love the park. We live right around the corner from it. We get a ton of enjoyment there. I don't know that I would spend this much time in the park if I didn't have a kid. Yeah, Even if I we don't, lived here. I, I, I don't think I would either. And, and it's funny because that was one of the things when we moved to this place. You were pregnant when we moved to this particular uh-huh. apartment. And I remember... You and I think a couple of other people in our lives saying, oh, you're so close to the park. And I was like, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? And honestly, I think we went to the park maybe once before the baby came. It probably was not that often. That's it true. was not yeah. that often at all. And then once the baby came, it's like we were in the park every oh, yeah. day because there were times where she just wouldn't sleep unless I was wearing her. So mm-hmm. I would wear her and go for a walk through the park. And yeah, no, I, I think the park is much more enjoyable with a kid. Yeah. No question about it. Um, and just generally walking is yeah. so much nicer. Like, I love now just being like, let's go. I should even say, like, running errands because that includes walking with the baby and the coach. And, like, I used to hate grocery store trips. I used to hate, like, oh, I forgot something. I need to run to the drugstore. And now it feels like a really good excuse to get out of the house and enjoy the weather and right. um, let her see things. And so that's something I enjoy more. Yeah. A third thing I enjoy more. 
mornings. Wow. I know. Really? I, I was like, there's going to be surprised when I say <sighs> that. I have become, and everyone says, everyone said this would happen, which is that you, you have no choice but to become a morning person. Yeah. I don't even mind. I'm going to, I'm going to regret saying this because she's going to wake up very You're early. You're probably going to regret it yeah. in about 15 hours. Uh-huh. Yeah, go ahead. But even on those days where she wakes up like, no, cause she's a pretty good sleeper. So sometimes usually she wakes up between seven and eight, just depending on the day. Yeah. Um, there, of course, once every other week where she wakes up at six or something like that, um, or five. And I really don't even mind those. Like we cuddle on the couch and we watch Sesame Street and you get to watch the day start and it just, fe- and then I get a nice load of quality time in before work. And right. it's, um, but also like I get stuff done in the mornings yeah. and I always used to roll my eyes cause my mom says this all the time. Like she gets all of her housework done before 10 a.m. <laughs> and then she's like, let's go do something, you know? And I'm like, God, I, I never understood that. And now I totally get it. Yeah. No, I mean, I have never been a morning person. I, I, I struggle with this. I yeah, really do. Yeah. I, I don't sleep well. Generally I have yeah. a history of, of sleep problems. I have not yet figured out how to be more of a morning person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's going to be funny when she's a teenager and has to be woken in the morning. Oh, totally. Because somebody's going to have to wake me up well, to wake her say, up. It's going to be like on the weekends, I'm going to be up at 8 a.m. And like my husband and my kid will be asleep until noon. Right. I'll be like exactly. twiddling my thumbs. Exactly. Just kidding. I'll be getting tons You'll of You'll be having all kinds of fun. You'll be doing all kinds of things. Yeah. And then she and I will be up till three in the morning right. doing whatever. Yeah. 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 No. It, it, I, and I feel bad about it because like you say, you know, there's no choice. You have a kid. You have to get up. Mm-hmm. And I'm lucky because I don't have to because you do. Right. But. I just, I really have trouble in the morning and yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying different things. It's funny. Cause we talked about this a little bit when we were on vacation. I said, yeah. oh, I'm going to try doing this from now on. And you were like, look, I have no sympathy for you and your mornings. And I wasn't looking for sympathy. I was just, what I, all I was saying was, look, I mean, this is a problem and I, this is one way I'm trying to solve yeah. it. And, and I, I hope I, we'll, I we'll think, see what works. I don't think I said it quite as harshly as that. No, it was pretty harsh. <laughs> no, but you know, we do talk about this. I mean, the truth is you stay up late. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so because, because I have learned from experience that if I don't stay up to a certain point and by which I don't mean a time on the clock, by which I mean a certain point of, of tiredness Mm -hmm. for me, then I will stay up much later trying to sleep. So I sort of have to do things that get me to a certain point where I can close my eyes and be asleep within five minutes because if it takes longer than five minutes, it's going to be an hour. So it's like either five minutes or it's a long time. Or hours. Yeah. Hmm. So, Uh yeah. Anything I'm missing from this list? I, you know, honestly, I enjoy going to sleep a lot more than I used to. (laughs) Really? No, I mean, I, I... you know, yes, I stay up later than you, usually by half Not an hour. Much, yeah, so, I mean, yeah. I don't want to make it sound like I'm up till four in the morning. It's, <laughs> you know, you, if you're in bed at 11, I'm asleep by 1145. But, um, I, I used to really fight sleep, mm. you know, I mean, as recently as just a couple of years ago, yeah. I would, I would find myself up at, at three in the morning looking for a reason to stay awake. Wow. And I'm like, and, and I would go, why am I doing this? Yeah. And uh, now I am much more likely to be like, no, dude, go to sleep. sleep. It's good. It's good. This is good. So I, I, you know, I enjoy the process of going to sleep more than than I did. Probably because I'm so damn tired. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. All right. Anything else? Uh, No, I mean, I, 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 I really, you know, when you come home from work, I enjoy that because I just like 
the look on her face and she's so happy and and I feel like chopped liver but it's okay cuz she's so happy and you can that sit her, down th- that her and mommy take a is break home. for a sec. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can I can sit down for a few minutes, yeah. Cool. Oh, I have one more thing that I get more enjoyment out of. What's that? Showers. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a, a guaranteed 10 yeah. to 30 minute break. Yeah, that's 30. true. I do enjoy my post gym shower. Yeah. Because yeah. she's in the crib. Nine times out of 10, she's taking a nap. I can take a shower, relax, yeah. get out. And I know that I have nothing I have to do when I get out of the shower. Right, yeah. There are those days where she just refuses to nap and I get out of the shower and she's screaming. Yeah. But for the most part, she's napping. Yeah. Okay. Fun list. Okay, so moving on. We're sticking with the parenting theme right now because I found something else that I wanted to talk about because it really made me like stop in my tracks and be like, why have I never thought of this before? Uh, Slate had an article about how the debate over screen time for kids is really a debate over moms, not kids. And that screen time has its roots in a not always conscious anti-feminist bias. And the idea is that Um, historically every invention technological or otherwise that has made women's lives a little bit easier. And by women's, I mean, usually stay at home moms, because we're talking historically, um, has been frowned upon at first, uh, you know, dishwashers, washing machines. Were they really frowned upon? They were. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I was going to say like vacuum cleaners, like there, there was an anti-vacuum cleaner movement. They thought like there was a, a strain of thought that. That was along the lines of this is a, it's a cheat, like you're cheating. Okay, I, your your typical work or something. I, like I, that. I'll take your word for it. That seems so counterintuitive to me because those products are all designed to be sold. Yes, like television is designed to be sold too, but mm-hmm. it's a whole. It, it's different from having a television in the house. Like the people who make vacuum cleaners want at the time, women to use them. Mm-hmm. They don't want a cultural narrative that says this is cheating. They want a cultural narrative that says. You're the best wife ever if you use a vacuum cleaner. So that that just seems counterintuitive to me. But I'll take your word for it for yeah. the sake of argument. Well, I'll find some stuff and, and post it. We can yeah. put some stuff in the show notes, yeah. Um, and, too, it's it's not just sexist. It's also classist. Because, sure. you know, typically um, when we're talking about screen time, the people who are very anti-screen time and have the resources to make sure their kids aren't focusing right. on screen. They're hiring tutors and nannies exactly. to hang out with their yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. And really, you know, giving your kid a screen for a few minutes a day is a, a much-needed break for most of us. So, oh, sure. Um, so I was just thinking about this because I feel like we've talked about screen time before. We have. Yeah. But, you know, our kid is a one and a half. She's almost 19 months. And I like, I hate to say this, I like don't care about screen time anymore. <laughs> that's a, I feel really bad saying that. No, that's not true. I don't feel bad. I feel like I'm not supposed to say that or admit that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to be clear, it's not like she's she's not sitting in front of a, a laptop for 12 hours a day, of course. Except when she's working on Photoshop. Yes. Well, and her blog. That's her job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's got a Snapchat to keep up. I she's mean, got, she's got to do you it. you got to keep up with the other kids. I mean. <laughs> she's keeping up with the Kardashians at this point. Oh. <laughs> no, but... Um, you know, a coworker of mine who is very smart and has a very smart four-year-old, um, and she was like, honestly, I don't care about screen time either. We read a ton, and the only screen I let her watch, like, in terms of TV, is PBS. So she's like, you know, she doesn't watch Nickelodeon or Disney or anything like that. Like, So she's watching Charlie Rose and yeah, the McNeil Era News Hour. Yeah, no, yeah. but she's watching, like, you know, quality educational kids programming. Sure. Um, and I, I really, I just keep thinking about that because that feels good to me. That feels right to me. Partly because, number one, it's unavoidable. Like, 
unless you and I are willing to part with our devices and our TV um, for all daytime hours, like she's going to see screens around and point at them and be interested in them. Yeah. Um, but I do. I, I, I just really stuck on to this idea that uh, it's time to stop debating screen time uh, from in the sense that it's not a failure of parenthood if your right. kid watches a screen occasionally. Right. Now, obviously, there are limits. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and I read the article yeah. because you tweeted about it, so I read it. And what I enjoyed most about it was that it was much more nuanced than it might seem to be at first. Mm-hmm. I think when it comes to a lot of parenting things, but in particular screen time, people seem to have dug their heels in either on the, you know, my kid doesn't even know what a television is yeah. or, oh, I put my kid down in front of the TV as soon as he wakes up and turn it off at, right, at bedtime. Right. Yeah, yeah. And this article says basically, no, look, pediatricians say, you know, for, for two Limited and up, two. for yeah. two and up this number of hours and for under two, there's no actual standard yet, mm-hmm. but limit it. Yeah. And like, well, what I really that's, like, that's a very nuanced and, yeah. and, and sensible position. Well, and honestly, what I really like is that, um, a few months ago, they announced that they were revising the under two guidelines yeah. because of things like FaceTime yeah. and Skype. Yeah. And they were like, we recognize that kids get value from Skyping family right. members. And that's more important than making sure they're not on a screen, you know, right. is making those right. family connections. So, yeah. and, I, and, and I just really and, appreciate that. And those that. guidelines haven't been revised yet. They're in the process exactly, of doing yeah. that, which is why there's nothing definitive for kids under two. By the time they have them, our kid will be two. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, it. you know, I, I think it's very easy, as with so many things, to dig in an entrenched position at one of the extremes. Yeah, yeah. You know? You know, if you let your kid even glimpse the TV, you're a terrible parent. Or, you know, oh, you're, you know, by not letting you, you're a Luddite by not letting your kid yeah. even look at a TV. It's like, no, like, here, here's the middle ground. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's occupy the middle ground and just shut up. Yeah. I have a friend of a friend who has a couple of kids and they're not allowed to watch any TV. Okay. And one of the kids broke her leg and was mm. bedridden for like eight weeks. Oh, no. In her bedroom. Yeah. And I was like, please tell me they wheeled in a TV for that poor girl so she can at least get some sort of break yeah. during the day. And I actually don't know if they did, but but I do remember yeah. my friend saying, like, I, I said the same thing, and I'm hoping they do that as well because I just right. can't imagine being a little kid stuck in your bed literally yeah. all day for eight weeks. I think, I, I think the debate will be very interesting when Leia is older and when we begin to ask the question of how old does she have to be before she has her own screen. Her yeah, her own device. Whether it's yeah. an iPad or a, or a phone or or a TV in her room. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like at what point? I'm trying to. I mean, I I didn't have a TV in my room until I was probably 13 or 14. Yeah. Then again, well, that's, that's then just again, when TVs came out. <laughs> oh, I was about to say TVs were a lot yeah. more expensive no, and a lot bigger like, back then. Because I didn't have one until I was probably sixteen. Yeah. But I do remember my cousins got one when they were like eight, and yeah. even then I was like, "That feels like a really young age yeah. to have I, a TV." In your I room. will say, I will say, my niece mm-hmm. who is who is almost ten, she's had one for a little while. Um, she's one in her room. Yes. Okay. Yes. Pro- pro- probably since she turned nine. Okay. Probably. She's had one. The great thing about it is you can take it away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the, the first time my brother said to me, yep, we had to take away the TV. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. I get it now. Yeah. And like I said, that'll be the thing, thing to, yeah. that'll be the thing to figure out. Yeah. Cause I don't even know, older. like just in, in, in general, in terms of devices, like how old do, how old are kids now when they get cell phones? I, 10, 12? the hell out of me. Yeah. And, and, and the joy of it is that it's going to change dramatically by the time we're ready for yeah. it. Yeah. So. 
there's no point even worrying about what is yeah. the standard right now. Yeah. Because it's gonna in the next five years, it's going to change dramatically. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, share with us your thoughts on devices and screen times because we're curious. And be nice. <laughs> or don't, whatever. We like a good fight. I'm in the fighting mood right now. <laughs> um, listen, this is a podcast, and I want to talk about a podcast recommendation I have. Wait, you're going to recommend another podcast? I am. People only have so much time to listen to podcasts. Listen, it's relevant. And if they're listening to another one, they're not listening to ours. No, it's really relevant um, because there's a story I want to tell about it, which okay. is uh, a coworker of mine, Gina, recommended a podcast called Bitch Sesh, which is hosted by Casey Wilson, the actress who we love from yes, Happy from Endings. Happy Endings. Um, and Danielle Schneider, who is also an actress. Um, I'm not that familiar with her work. She does. She Never heard in, of her. Um, she's done some like web series and things like that. Never heard of her. She's a hoot. And doesn't exist. <laughs> anyway, they host they host this podcast, and it is basically a podcast about in which they dissect all of Bravo's reality shows, primarily The Housewives, but also Southern Charm and Shaws of Sunset and a few others. And it's hilarious to the tenth degree. I like binge listened over the past week in a way that I've never done before for any kind of podcast. Excellent use of your time. Uh, It really was. No, in in all honesty, like instead of reading on my commute, I listened to podcasts, which I haven't done in a very long time. So, but there was a cute story I wanted to tell, which made me think of us and just generally of marriage, which is that Danielle said, uh, at one point, one of the episodes I listened to, her husband was the guest on the podcast. Okay. And he is not a watcher of any of these shows, but to to rally for this guesting, he watched that day's that week's episodes with his wife. And she started talking about how that really meant a lot to her. And like she was joking about it, but she was also clearly being serious. And how now he's incorporated some of the terminology, like there's a, a funny insult that one of the shows uses that and she like walked into the kitchen one day and he turned around and called her that name right and she was like it made me feel so loved like the way he did that you know like he didn't have to do that or whatever and i just started thinking about um you say all the time and and you're joking but also probably not joking okay about how um people get divorced when there's more than one tv in the house yeah exactly yeah because Suddenly it becomes, okay, you go watch your shows. I'm going to watch mine. And next thing you know, you're spending three hours apart. Right. Every day or something like that. I mean, are you serious when you say that? I'm sort of half serious. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 like, I don't think that that necessarily means you're going to get divorced, but I think there's something to be said for, you know, I mean, you're at work, we have a baby. There's only so many hours in the day that we can spend in physical proximity to each other. (laughs) Yeah. Having the same experience. Yeah. Yeah. And if you remove that, that time, then there's even less time. Yeah. And that's the sort of thing that causes people to grow apart. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying it leads directly to it, but it, no, it definitely can contribute to it. Yeah. I mean, there is that research about, I don't actually, I don't even know if it's research or if it's just a thing, but like, don't have a TV in your bedroom. Right. As a married couple or any couple. Um, and we don't. And right. it's funny because I grew up in a house with a lot of TVs. Yeah. We all love our TV. Just my parents live in their house. And there are one, two, three. I think there are four TVs in that right. house. For two and, people. Right. And it's a small <laughs> house. <laughs> anyway. Um, but, you know, then I look at my sister and they only have one TV on the main, in the living room, in right. the den. And then downstairs they have a movie projector. Yeah. But that's it. And I was like, yeah, that's where we are right now. Like, you know. Even in a in our future house, we'll probably only have two TVs, one downstairs and one in the yeah, basement. You probably. know, so anyway. 
It's interesting. Yeah. No, I, it, but it's funny. I, I thought you were going somewhere else entirely with oh, this. Yeah? About the, the sort of bonding that they had over, over this thing that he's not really interested in. But for her, he yeah. gotten, he, he watched it and, and absorbed what he could from it and took what he could from it's it. It's like when I go to X-Men movies. Well, I was going to say, it's sort of, it's similar to, you know, like, I will sit on the sofa while you're watching your Bravo shows. Yeah. And I'm only half paying attention because I'm doing something else. But it's enough that that if you go, oh, my God, I can't believe she just did that. We can yeah. talk about it and, and we come a little closer. And, you know, you have occasionally watched Supergirl with me or Flash. Yeah, yeah. You know, even though they're not entirely what you're interested in. Uh-huh. And you get something out actually, of it. And, I like Supergirl. Yeah. Actually. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. That, I think that's a good thing. All and right. if we had two TVs, we'd be in two different rooms watching two different things and we wouldn't have those experiences. That is shared experience. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, tweet us the number of TVs you have in your household. Yes. T- TVs per capita. <laughs> there we I go. want to know how many, how many TVs per person. <laughs> okay. Let's move into writing. Let's. Uh, next weekend. Well, the weekend after next. I am going to my first ever writing conference. I did not know we were going to talk about this. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, really, I want to talk about it because, number one, I feel kind of weird about it. Okay. Um, and number two, I want people's tips. Are we going to tell people what conference? Sure. So I'm going to the SCBWI, Society for Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, in Princeton. On? Uh, June 4th and 5th. Right. I believe that is So if you, podcast yeah, listener, are going, there, look for Morgan. Please do. Buy her chicken wings. <laughs> Okay. I mean, I don't turn down a chicken wing. That's why I said it. <laughs> you know, buy her a drink is so prosaic. Everybody says, buy me a drink or a cup of coffee. No. How about some chicken wings? <laughs> or cheese fries? I mean, I'm there. I'm right there. <laughs> okay. Cheese there fries. you go. Do it. Um, no, but I feel weird. Okay. Why do you feel weird? Number one, just because I've never been to one before, so I don't know what to expect. So right. I don't have like, you know, a background experience. The hazing rituals, they are a bitch. I'm a, I'm a little scared. Yeah. But this, I'm to be very confessional here and candid. Like, it's a weird position for me because I know a lot of the editors who are speaking there right. and leading the workshops and things yeah. like that, and I know them in a professional capacity. And I'm here in a novice writer capacity. Not really novice, I but know, okay. But but that's what it feels like. Yeah. And so it just it's a strange position to be in, which is my position anyway on a regular basis. Like. You know, do you know what I mean? Like I'm a, you know, I'm a fairly high level professional and in publishing. Yeah. yeah. And, um, it, it kind of sometimes feels like I'm begging people to read my work. Right. And I'm not, I don't bring up my work to anyone, you know, it, in a professional capacity, of course. But so I, I'm just, I'm working out my feelings here. Yeah. And all this is to say is that I hate to say this. I'm not very excited Oh. now, partly because it feels far away and uh, you know, we've got a lot going on here. Which that, we'll probably talk about next week. Yeah, right? yeah. That well, That's just taking up a lot of mental energy anyway. So that's probably part of the reason. But I don't know. You've, I think once you get there, yeah. you will feel differently. Yeah. I'm pretty excited to have a hotel room to myself. To well, there, there's that. There's that. And there's the fact. There's a slight possibility I won't go to the conference at all. And we'll just no, go to the conference. I'm kidding. I I really do think you'll feel differently once you're there. I think once you're there, once you're surrounded, it'll take you a little bit, but you'll 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 get into it. And there's a rhythm to every conference, and you'll you'll start to feel that. And uh, you know, the the cool thing about these conferences is that they're set up to keep you busy. Okay. You know, I mean, you've already signed up for a variety of things that you're doing. Can I just say that was like. 
legit the most complicated sign-up process of anything I've ever attended. Yeah, there's all kinds yeah. of crazy, you know, you're signing up for lunches and, and this dinner and this thing and this workshop. And, and then, this... like, all these add-ons right. that take place during the workshops. Right. So there are multiple times where I will be in a workshop and then need to leave for a three-minute meeting, literally right. three minutes that I have with an agent. And then right. I go back in and then I have a five-minute meeting with an ad- like. Yeah. It's it's bonkers. So that'll be good. It'll keep you busy. Yeah. And it'll keep you from worrying and stressing and everything. Yeah. And you'll just go and, and eventually you'll realize, oh, this is kind of fun. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, so. I always, when I was going to these things as, as a... As a... Author? Or? Aspiring author. Okay. As somebody trying to publish. I got to a point where I told myself I, I would set a goal for each one. Okay. And I made the goals extraordinarily easy to achieve. Can you give an example? Yes. So, like, I would say my goal is to, and, you know, I'm something of an introvert. So my goal is to meet one new person that I would feel comfortable emailing afterwards. Ah, okay. You know, whether it was an editor, an agent, or just a fellow author. Yeah. You know? Something like that. Something as simple as that. You know, My goal is to... um, you know, get one business card or to give out my business card, whatever, whatever it happened yeah. to be very, very low hanging fruit so that I could feel a sense of accomplishment yeah. and, and usually, you know, do more than that. Yeah, yeah. Much, much more than that. And then really feel like I'd knocked it out of the park. <laughs> Whereas if you go thinking my goal is to walk out with a publishing contract, no oh. matter, no matter, I'm, which I'm not no, saying, no, you would, I'm saying, but yeah. I'm saying if, if that's your goal or if your goal is to be discovered, right? Yeah. You're to be gonna, the hit of the conference. You're gonna be you're yeah. gonna be disappointed yeah. as you leave. Um, so yeah, so set like really low goals for yourself. Okay. And and then I think you know you, you'll end up far surpassing them, and you'll feel really good about yourself. Yeah. But yeah, if people who have done this have suggestions, send them in quickly <laughs> so that Morgan can have them before June fourth. And like Barry said, if you're going to be there, let me know. Go go find her. It's actually my old stomping grounds. I went to college right there. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I like used to work at the on the border down the street. I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> Don't do not go back to the on the border down the street. But it's so good. Do not go back to the on the border down the street. Stay at the conference. <laughs> the whole point. All right. Uh, let's do a writing update. Sure. Okay. How's it going? Uh, I have just got uh, copy edits yep. for Bang, mm-hmm. so I need to be going through those. Uh, copy edits is is so different from revision. You of know, course, revision yeah. is sort of big picture stuff. Copy edits is 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 all the nitty gritty, and copy edits always make me feel like I'm just the biggest idiot in the world <laughs> because. You know, first of all, they're finding like typos, right? You know, but you're and like, you're like, I don't have typos. You're what like, are you talking about? you're like, how the hell did I do that? Yeah, and then that was like the other day, by the way. Literally, I realized at the end of the day that I had sent out three different typos: one in an email and two in tweets. Yeah, and I like, I don't do that. I, I'm the one who catches other people's typos. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, and that's how I feel. Like, Very like I don't make typos; I catch right, typos. Right. But no, every author makes typos. Yes. And then this is when somebody's paid to shove to them in your them. face. Yes. And then, of course, there's things like, you know, the person will say, you use the word egregious four times in this one paragraph. Wow. Did you did you mean to do that? Because that's quite egregious. <laughs> and then you go, wow, I'm an idiot. Or you try to justify it. Right. You're like, of course I meant to. It's poetic. It's repetition. <laughs> uh, 
and and things it's like humbling. that. Yeah, or they find things like you know, on page four, this character jumps up from his chair and runs to the window, and on page five, you have him sitting in the kitchen at the uh, at the bar, and which is it? Yeah, You're like, yeah. and then you have to figure these things out, and blah blah. blah. And sometimes it's just a matter of changing a word, and, yeah. and usually most of it is not a big deal, right? But. It's just you get annoyed at yourself because it's all stuff that was preventable. Yeah. I was thinking about how um, for long-running series or complicated series, they have to basically write a Bible to, oh, to try and avoid. Like the Babysitter's oh Club Bible, the Harry Potter yeah. Bible, et cetera. Yeah. Um, you know, like, no, Claudia's grandmother died in book 12. I, I can't believe right. I can't remember. You know, and this is where she was from and, you know, stuff right. like that. And she gave her this unicorn necklace with, and whatever. With, with, with I Hunt Killers, I mean... I got lucky because we had the same copy editor for the first two books, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then for the third book and for the Lucky Day prequel, we had a new copy editor. And that was rough. But fortunately, that copy editor had read the other books and was able to, to, uh, uh, you know, to pick up on things that that I had missed. Um, Yeah, it's... It, 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 copy edits are, are sort of crazy and they're maddening and they're like, it, it's funny because, you know, you open up the document and it tells you how many corrections or comments are in the document. Yeah. And it was like 1,176 corrections or oh. comments in this document. And you're like, what? But then you realize in addition to just some of it being like adding a comma, which you don't have to do anything with that. It's fine. Sometimes too, in the copy edits, they put in formatting notes for the designers right. and things like that. So, you know, you're not going through and changing or correcting or looking at 1176 individual things. Yeah. You know, you don't have to look at all of that, Yeah, but it's just intimidating when you open up the document totally. and you just want to put your head through the computer screen to end the pain as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah. So that is the big thing I'm doing. I'm also mentoring a uh, student yeah. right now, which is, which is always interesting and fun to uh, get a peek into somebody and else's world. Which program is that through? That is through about? the, uh, it's through the Arizona state university Piper center for writing which is where I've always done mentoring and also did the revision course that we talked about earlier in the year. Great. So, yeah. Nice. What about you? What are you, you outlined last week. I outlined last week, but I will say this week I actually finalized the outline. Okay. Um, Does that mean you like notarized it, stamped it, had it signed? I had to go to like city hall. Wow. There was a whole process. Is there a form and everything? Multiple forms. This is why I don't outline. <laughs> uh, no, but I like actually finished it because I had been missing a couple of pieces before. Um, went through it all, finalized it, and so this week I'm actually going to start writing it. Sweet. I'm so. I mean, I'm really. This is a whole new world for me here because obviously it's much shorter. Yeah. I literally have the entire outline, so I know exactly what I'm doing in every chapter. And again, which is very exciting for me based on my last experiences. And, um, I have like a rough word count. So I feel like, I, like I'm just going to dive right in, yeah. you know, and just like, that's me snapping my fingers, <laughs> like get it done. Basically. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see it. I'm I think excited. it's going to be terrific. Yeah. 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 So cool. All right. So I think that's it for us this week. I think so. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Visit us online at writinginreallife.com and subscribe to us and rate us in iTunes while you're there. Have we're, a great we're up to 17 five-star reviews. Aww. We have nothing less than a five-star review. That's very sweet, everyone. So, Thank you. But more than 17 people listen to this show. Do they? Yes. I see the numbers. <laughs> so I want more five-star reviews. Come on, people. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a great week. Thanks, everyone.